And that is, what makes a good story? What makes a good story for you? Maybe you have a favorite movie. Maybe you have a favorite TV show. Maybe you have a favorite book. You know, from a very early age, stories grab our attention. They hook us in. And maybe you have a favorite because of the plot. Maybe you have a a favorite because of the setting. Maybe you have a favorite um, because of the characters. Because it's characters that really make the difference in a story. And they really, um, they aren't always the um, perfect. In fact, the most interesting stories have the most imperfect characters. Throughout the Bible, we see imperfect people. Imperfect people who help to tell a perfect story because of a perfect God. And your life might not resemble a movie. You might not feel like your story is worth for anybody to put up on the screen. But... Your story has power. You know, stories, they put flesh on the bone. You know, they take a black and white picture and they add color. It brings you, as the audience, into the narrative and helps you to empathize with the characters. You know, if there's a big issue going on in the world... Uh, You might have a documentary about it. Um, You might uh, have some sort of show about it, and it might get watched by a couple of 100,000 people. You take that same issue, and you put it in a soap opera, you have tens of millions more watching it. Why? Because stories matter. That's why Jesus used stories when he taught. So where do you fit in? What do you think of your story? Is your story one that is worth sharing? If we look in the Bible, we can find lots of examples of people who shared their story. In John 4, we see the Samaritan woman at the well. She has an encounter with Jesus. And then John 4:28 says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, "Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah?" They came out of the town and made their way towards him. She shared her story of her encounter with Jesus. And people responded and were led to him. In Luke 8, we see a man who's possessed by many demons. And Jesus sets him free. And in verse 39, Jesus says, 
Return to your home. Declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. And in Acts 22, we see a mob. We see an entire city that's ready to kill the Apostle Paul. And so he says, hold up. Let me just tell you a story. And then he shares his testimony about his encounter with Jesus. And that sets him up to then go and spend years in the most powerful city in the world at that time. Your story has power. And it's not just in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, in Psalm 66, verse 16, it says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what God has done for my soul. In Psalm 71, it says, in verse 15, My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. Then in verse 16, it continues, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds. In verse 17, since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. In verse 18, it goes on to say, I declare your power to the next generation. Your mighty acts to all who come. You know, your story has power. However you view your story, however you view your life, all of its ups and all of its downs, it has power. And the biggest reason why it has power is because it is his story. It is his story. If you think about it like this, If you are called to give witness, if you are called to give a testimony in a court, they aren't really interested in you. They're interested in what you saw, in what you witnessed, in what you did, in the difference that it made. You know, we are the evidence that God is real. We are the review page that people can check out and see how good the product is. People can argue about theology and the historical matters, but they cannot dispute you and the difference God has made in your life. There's a professional professor of social sciences called Elaine Eklund, and she was asked the question, how do you marry the difference between science and faith. And she said that they've done a whole load of social um, studies about this, and they found that the best way of doing it is you get a scientist who is a Christian, and they show people that the two can exist together. And that's true for every walk of life. In the medical field, be, um, be there in the medical field and be a Christian, be a teacher and a person of faith, be a builder and a person of faith, be a cleaner and a person of faith. You know, Acts 1 verse 7 says, you will be my witnesses throughout Samaria, Judea, and the whole world. You, me, will be 
his witnesses. Throughout the Acts of the Apostles, we see people standing up, not because their story is so interesting, but rather his story was so important through them. His treasure, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, in jars of clay. This is what it says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Why? To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. You know, you should be proud of your story. It has brought you to where you are. I'm not saying that you should be proud of everything you've ever done, but you should be proud because of what he has done. Because of what he has done in your life. You might think, well, I haven't done anything. Or perhaps there's nothing, I don't really feel like um, it's made that much of a difference. Well, let me challenge you on that. Because God has done so so many things for us. He has given us love. He has given us confidence. He has given us hope and power and belief in ourselves. He helps us to belong. He gives us freedom. He gives us peace. He gives us grace. And he gives us mercy. And none of these have anything to do with what you have done. It's all about him. It's all about his story. Ephesians 2 tells us, For it is by grace that we have been saved, through faith. And this is not from us, but it is a gift of God. Not by works, so that we cannot boast. Our story is not about us, but it is about him. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us, in advance. Isn't it great to know that before the world even started, you were on God's mind? Yeah. Amazing. Your story was already being plotted out throughout the history of the world, wow. intertwined with billions of others. Isn't that an amazing thought? You know, the more we trust God, the more we let His light shine through us. The more we are obedient to him, the more his story is part of our lives. And the more we spend time with him, the more we shine out to the world that it is truly his story, not ours. Your story has power because it is his story working through you. So how do you feel about sharing your, your story? How do you feel about sharing the message of Jesus in culture today? I think most people, if they're being honest, they feel a little sense of inadequacy. I know I do. Yeah. Like somehow we're not good enough. Like we might embarrass people or, or put people off. Well, I want to tell you today that your story also has power because it links with the one thing that everyone is missing. And that is a relationship with Christ. Everybody needs to have a relationship with Christ. And we can think, well, our culture is so different to everybody else's. 
Our culture is not the same as the people at work or the people at school or all my friends. But I want to challenge that. Because, you know, we live in the UK. And um, I want to say that in the UK, we live in a Jesus culture. Your friends, your colleagues, the people who you wish to share your story with, have actually been brought up in a Jesus culture. Do you believe in equality? No matter what money or social status they have. Do you believe in compassion? Do you believe that we should help the weak members of our society? What about consent? Is it okay for the strong to have the right over whoever they wish? No, we don't think that. Do you believe in enlightenment? That there should be education for all? Do you believe that people should be forced into thinking something or they should be persuaded? Do you believe that it's good to not just take the word of a scientist or an expert, but rather to take that and to put it to rigorous testing to prove its validity? What about freedom? Do you believe that someone should be the possession of somebody else? Do you believe that we should be in control of our own lives? Do you believe in justice? All of these are hard to prove. There's no scientific, mathematical way of proving any of these. But yet, everybody in our society believe in these things. And all of these things can be rooted back to Jesus. They can all be rooted back to Jesus. Inequality. You know, people think about the survival of the fittest and the smartest. But yet, we think that a master race would be wicked. If we are involved chimps, then why do we value sexual boundaries? Science says that our brains have been designed for survival, yet we strive to understand the wonders of the cosmos. We strive for more. Going to get controversial now. What about our leaders? What about Partygate and Beergate with Johnson and Starmer? Why are we concerned? Why does it matter? Why are we concerned about hypocrisy? Think about it. The Caesars weren't. The Caesars didn't care if they they said one thing and did something else. In fact, the rulers used to demand to be called gods. But instead, we have a prime minister in this country. Why? Because we believe the leaders in our society should be a servant. Perhaps sometimes they should tell them that. But the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Where does that come from? It comes from the Bible. In fact, the whole aspects of so much of our society, so much of the stuff, so much of the narrative that we see played out on the TV is because of what Jesus said and did in his Bible. So don't feel ashamed to share your story, his story, because it actually connects to the one thing that people are missing the most. 2 Corinthians um, 3 verse 3 says, You show that you are a letter 
from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human heart. And I want to say today that your story has power because it brings victory. Revelation 12 verse 11 says, They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, that is Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. If you want to doubt the power of your story, it's right here in the Bible. Not only in the Bible, but in one of the last words written in the Bible. That we have victory by Jesus and by the word of our testimony. I said before, what makes the most interesting stories are the most interesting characters. Don't feel put off by your past because you have a future with God. People care about the present. They care about you now as they see you. You know, often we think, oh, share me your testimony. Well, you know, when I was 12, uh, people are actually, they're not that interested. Of course they're interested in where you come from and as they get to know you, etc. Bits of that will leak out. But your testimony is actually, what is God doing for you right now? How is he helping you to be victorious right now? And even without the end part of the victory, we know that God is still faithful. We know that we can still have hope because the story isn't finished yet. There is nobody here in this room and you who are watching online, your story isn't finished yet. The story is not complete. And the story finishes with us having the victory. Remember Matthew 5, 14 to 16. That starts off with, you are the light of the world and finishes by saying that they will see your good deeds they will see your victory your attitude and praise the father who is in heaven remember there are three stories there is your story there is the people who you are trying to reach and their story and then there's God's story each of those is equally important It's important that we know our story. It's important that we listen to their story. And it's really important that we know God's story. You know, there's so many ways you could share your story with people today. Maybe through art or through social media, through conversations, through actions. I'm sure you can think of loads more. But just as we finish, I want to give you ten... Take a breath. Um, I want to give you 10 uh, really quick ways to empower your story even more. The first one is this, be brave. Throughout the Bible, it tells us, be brave and courageous because God is with you. You know, you'll be surprised how quickly people are interested in your story. Number two, be prayerful. Ask God to give you the opportunities to share your story. You know you don't need to know all the answers. You don't need to know every technical answer out there. There are lots of tough questions. I don't know the answers to them all. But that shouldn't put you off from sharing your story with other people. Number three, be prepared. 
You know, if you were to ask me what I had for breakfast yesterday, I would struggle to know. Never mind what I did over my entire life and all the blessings that God has counted, uh, has, has, has put on my life. So it's actually, it's really helpful to go away and to write it down and to think about, right, how has God blessed me in my life? How has God made a difference in my life? Be prepared. Number four, be positive. The gospel is good news. Often we want to talk about ourselves and put ourselves down, but actually, he is what matters. And he is good news for people. Number five, be up to date. Covered this already. People care about your present. So, talk about what's happening in your life now. Number six, be truthful. Don't exaggerate. It's such a temptation, isn't it? You know, five becomes nearly ten. Ten becomes, well, it's almost fifty. Fifty becomes almost a hundred. Um, be truthful, you don't need to exaggerate. Avoid jargon. Speak everyday language. This one's really important. Live it right. Live it right. Too many people's lights have been dimmed by dark acts. Just live it right before God, and your light will shine even brighter. Number nine, be invited. You don't need to preach at somebody. You don't need to force your faith around somebody. They will ask you. If you are living it right, if you're doing what the Bible says, people will respond. People will ask you what the difference is. They might not ask you for your testimony. They might not say to you, tell me about Jesus. But they will be interested in you. That's why your story is so important. Because people care about you. They care about why you're not the same as everybody else. And you get to share that. Wait to be invited. And number 10, don't give up. Keep going. You know, sharing your story is just like anything else in life. You might not get it right first time. You might not get it right tenth time. But the more you do it, the better at it you'll get. So don't give up. And 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 to 8 says this. For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Your story, your life is a gift that God has given you, which is in you for the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit of God, sorry, it just doesn't quite read right there. Uh, for the Spirit of God has given us, does not make us timid, but it gives us power, Amen. love, and self-discipline. So, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. So, in conclusion, be confident in your story. Your past is what it is, but your future is in good hands if it's with God. Think about people who you can pray for and get ready because God is going to use you. Remember, you have no idea the difference that you can make in people's lives. You have no idea of the influence that you are already having in people's lives. And you know, often we don't get to know. We don't get to see the difference that, people, that we make in somebody's lives. I just want to finish by telling you 
a very quick story, and then we're going to sing a song. There's a guy called Edward Gimbel. Some of you um, may have heard of it, but I doubt most of you will have done. Edward Gimbel was a Sunday school teacher, and he prayed for his hyperactive boys' class that he ran. And as he was uh, running this class and, and praying, there was one lad who was not interested at all. And so Gimbel decided to go to a shoe store where this lad worked and uh, went and decided to have a conversation with him. And during this conversation, the person gave their life to God. That person was a guy called Dwight L. Moody. That name might mean something to you. It might not. He was somebody who went on to um, preach the gospel on two continents. But the story doesn't actually end there. It only starts. Because you see, under Moody, another man's heart was touched by God, called Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman um, preached to thousands, and one of the people who he converted was a guy called Billy Sunday. He was a baseball player. And Billy Sunday became part of Chapman's team. And he went and shared his story to a guy called Mordecai Ham. And Mordecai Ham was going to speak at a place in North Carolina. And a guy called Billy Frank, as his family called him, um, didn't want to go. He had no interest. But eventually he'd heard some stuff and he went along and, and, and he... And on the second night of being there, he gave his life to God. Billy Frank became known to us as Billy Graham. And Billy Graham has shared his story and the story of Jesus with more people than anybody else in the whole history of the world. You don't know the difference you're making. You might be the next Edward Gimbel. You might be the next Mordecai Ham. You might be the next Billy Graham. But you know what? It doesn't matter. God has a plan for your life. God has a future for you. And your story is part of that. Your story has power because it is his story. You know, today, you might um, feel like, I'm really good at sharing my testimony. That's great. I want to encourage you. Keep going. Be smart. Keep sharing it. And God will keep blessing you. Maybe today you feel like you, your story isn't worth sharing. Well, I hope I've encouraged you today to share your story. To share the power, the difference that God has made. And maybe today you don't have a story with God. Maybe today you don't know the hope and the love and the mercy and the grace and the belonging and the freedom that comes with Christ. Well, I want to encourage you, your story can start today. Your story can start right now. Just come, if you're here in the building, just come and find me at the end or one of the leaders or maybe somebody you came with. If you're watching online, I encourage you, just email steve at destinychurch.co.uk and we will make sure that your story gets started. But let's sing now.